0: Welcome to Equestrian Movement's First Do No Harm podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boniface, co-founder of Equestrian Movement with Sarah Gallagher. We work with horse riders who want to build a stronger bond and a deeper connection with their horses. In our First Do No Harm podcast, we discuss with other industry professionals how to work with horses to firstly do no harm and secondly support their mental, emotional, and physical well-being throughout the training process so that we have horses that enjoy learning and ask to be ridden. Each episode we discuss the different influences our training can have and how we can improve our horses overall athleticism, soundness of mind and body and emotional fortitude, while strengthening and deepening our relationship with our horses. Each week I will endeavor to bring to you a new episode on horse riding, training, handling and husbandry for an interview with other industry professionals to help you address where and why you might get stuck in creating the beautiful union of dancing souls that is the equestrian sport. Are you ready to kick off today's show? Let's get started. Hey team, Katie here from Equestrian Movement and this is the second part of our training about connection. Uh, again, I recommend that if you're finding this harder, if this brings anything up for you, you should seek a professional to support you through the process, seek a psychologist, something that is going to help you uh, navigate this because sometimes we need it. Sometimes we need that additional support to help us process experiences that we've had prop- previously there are lots of really beautiful um, modalities out there that aren't just talk therapy and a psychologist um, you know equine therapy is really good as well so something that you can um, develop the skills and the tool set for you to process uh, difficult and painful experiences so that they don't get uh, trapped in your body and store in your nervous system and mean that you can't do what you love to do. So in saying that, I will share my experience of my body because I can't tell anybody else how they experience their body. So all I can do is share with you how I've experienced this work. For me, as I was saying last year, um, is probably the most adulting I've ever adulted. And as a result, it came with a lot of and overwhelm, whilst at the same time developing a lot more body awareness for that experience. Previously, uh, I'd done this work a little bit with uh, King, my third horse, without you know really recognizing what was happening. Uh, because he was a very reactive horse he definitely had trauma so it wasn't even just you know coming up in fear that was a trigger for him it was also any upregulation regulation of energy like because excitement and anxiety are very similar experiences uh, for him even if I came up because I was excited about something or through play or anything like that it would trigger him and he would become basically un- unmanageable <laughs> and he would buck me off or he would do something silly, work himself up before we managed to get things back under control. So he was the first horse that taught me how to, uh, you know, really drop my energy and downregulate my nervous system so as not to trigger him and it got to the point where even as an adult you know we would go and do fun things and I would be like no 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 we cannot have fun we cannot be excited because I'm about to fall off this imaginary horse that I'm on (laughs) because my body felt unsafe to have fun to play to be excited about things because it would mean falling off a horse so fitty was a different experience in that you can tell the difference between a horse who has really experienced trauma and who hasn't um, there is a rewiring of the nervous system that happens within our trauma horses where they're always looking for an exit uh, they find it really hard to feel safe they don't like to be cornered uh, they don't like any upregulation of energy Whereas, you know, our horses that have had a pretty good life and have had, you know, good experiences without significant rewiring of their fear responses, uh, they are okay with upregulation of energy through play and they're looking for that social engagement system to come online. They're looking for that connection. The horses that have experienced trauma are significantly more wary for around humans and around um, their connection. There are some horses that just are wary of humans and aren't seeking connection. It's, you know, the horses that have been bred to live with a family and are very family orientated, you will see that a lot of they're seeking connection with humans and then with the horses that have not had a lot of handling um and not being brought up around humans and not really experienced a lot of humans, there will be a wariness to connect. And then the horses that have had that um, trust broken, that fear response where humans are unsafe, they are always looking for that exit strategy. Um, some, you can get them to a point where they are seeking that connection, but they're quick to trigger their self-preservation if they feel the slightest bit threatened. You have to be very consistent in, um, and your horse has to like have a lot of confidence that it can anticipate what's coming next. That's what makes those trauma horses feel safe is that they can anticipate what you're going to do. Whereas the horses that, you know, are quite comfortable about humans and are seeking that connection, they're okay with you being a little bit um, unpredictable And then also, you know, with kids, they can be predictably unpredictable and then that also makes the horses feel safe as well. So there's like ebbs and flows. You want to try and figure out how you fit into that relational model and where your horse sits in in that range. So for Fiddy, he is okay with that connection and that seeking connection. He felt safe enough around humans. He doesn't really have any of that history of trauma, um, but I really struggled to connect with him because of his personality type was, you know, even in humans, it's a personality type that I don't really like, to be fair. Uh, And so it took a lot (laughs) for me to find the opening in my heart to fit him into. And I had a lot of resistance to it that I had to work through within myself to find this space of, of love for him. Some of it came from understanding him, so, for me, like personally, I probably, if I was a horse, I'd sit more on the flighty, people pleasing end of the spectrum. Whereas Fiddy sits on the complete polar opposite, where he's very confident and secure in himself. And he's, you know, quick to say no and he pushes over the top. And if pressured, he will escalate into um, violence. <laughs> So it's just like every time we would come into work together and I would come in you know with a work focus like we're training I would triggering I was triggering him into a reactive pattern of um you know it wasn't that he felt threatened but it was also that I wasn't hearing and connecting with him and um, complimenting who he was in training, I was just going to work, air quotes, going to work. So when we're trying to find this place of connection with some horses, just being able to down-regulate your energy can be enough for them, just allowing them to feel safe and for you to be predictable can be enough for them to be willing participants in an activity. But for some of our, or for most of our horses, what we're they're really seeking from us is that emotional connection. So being able to bring that social engagement system online, to actually like them and to love them and to um, bring out the best in them from our work together is what like inevitably creates that heart horse where our interactions really flourish. Not only allowing the horse to flourish, but also for us. So spending the time to understand the theory around all of this and how it's experienced within your body, there is, um, you know, a place where environmental stimulus and relational stimulus triggers our body to respond or to react in a certain way that we're kind of a little bit out of control of. Like we look back on it and we're like, oh, God, I really wish I hadn't have done that. I wish, really wish I hadn't have said that. I really wish that hadn't have happened because it kind of just like triggers this unconscious response in us in the moment we feel fully validated to be doing what we're doing but when we get to the other side and we reflect on that experience we're like oh actually that you know that was my junk. (laughs) So So being, developing that body awareness to catch yourself when you're triggered and you're in that reactive place, uh, is not comfortable. It's quite painful. And to pull yourself back out of it is not comfortable. It's quite painful. And then to try and be who you would like to express, um, it takes some space. And that's the thing is that the, the processing to respond is in the space versus the reactive is just, you know, insecurity, feeling threatened, being triggered. Um, You know, it's a instinctive response that we've, that has been conditioned into us through previous experiences as an adult. I think it's different for kids because they're still going through those experiences and they're being conditioned. However, There is the um, theory that all of our wiring happens by the time we're five, which is where like we're trying to do a lot of our social engagement and connection work with babies and kids to, you know, just improve their resilience to the world. Anyway, so what we're looking, and we see this in horses as well, is when we're Implementing our Holistic Horse Handling Skills and Program, we're giving the horses space to consider how they would like to respond rather than triggering our um, nervous system response. So a lot of the training that you'll see is, uh, you know, the handlers or the trainers or whatever are triggering a response from the horse uh, through a manipulation of their nervous system with whatever tools that are their tools of choice and not allowing the horse space to consider if it would like to say yes or no, which is why uh, the foundational element of our holistic horse handling program within our compassionate leadership skills is developing psychological safety choice and consent so that the horse is given space to consider what is being asked of it. And this is how you're going to keep your horses under threshold, right? Like if you're going to use tools that trigger responsivity, sorry, trigger reactivity, then you're not giving your horse space. So you're going to tip them closer and closer to threshold every time you ask something of them. Whereas if you're gonna keep them under threshold, what we're really talking about is we're talking about the activation of the nervous system. We're talking about that felt sense of safety. Does your horse feel safe to do what you're asking it to do? Well, it needs to consider. It needs the time and the space to consider. Does it know how to answer the ask? How is it going to respond? Does it feel safe to do the thing that you've asked it to do? And how safe your horse feels to take instruction from you, I'm sorry to say is a reflection of their experiences that they've had previously with you. If you're consistently setting yourself and your horse up in a way where um, you're overfacing yourself and you know and you get dysregulated and you feel unsafe and you're not um, you know giving the horse adequate direction to navigate the stress, or the experience safely, then it's going to become less and less willing to take instruction from you because it's having more and more of these experiences of you not um, setting them up for success, which is a really hard thing to take (laughs) as an individual, right? It's like, you know, my horse doesn't want to follow my lead because I keep making dumb choices for it. (laughs) I've I've definitely been there like a thousand times over. And it's also, you know, that internal conflict with yourself where you have to be the adult adulting, you're the most adult in the room where, you know, it's for me personally can sometimes feel easier to follow somebody else's lead and not be responsible for the fallout and the consequence of the choices rather than be the one leading and then, you know, the consequences and the choices then fall on me. Those same uh, dynamics play out within our horse-human relationship of, you know, how comfortable do we feel in the decision-making process? How good are we at setting ourselves and our horse up for success? How um, flexible are we with what it's going to look like? Do Are we capable of letting go of our emotional attachment to the outcome? Are we capable of being able to regulate ourselves within a moment, even when everybody else is dysregulated or when the situation is getting out of control and even to the point of becoming catastrophic. That call to take responsibility through adversity is real and if our horses consistently see us crumble under the pressure they're either going to stop following our lead and um, you know just get really heightened in, in their refusal to follow our instruction or they're going to take the lead themselves, which means that, you know, they, they I do love these horses as well. They are our school horses as they do know that they're looking after beginner riders and so they themselves take the lead. But then as, you know, the rider starts to want to do more challenging thing, things with those horses they need to then learn how to prove to the horse that they're worth taking instruction from, taking direction from. And, you know, within the school, it is part of the education process where initially the horse is taking instruction from me and the relationship is built around me and the rider is just learning how to balance and communicate. But there's inevitably this um, point in time where the rider has to take over and they have to be able to call the focus and the attention off of me and onto themselves and get the horse to confidently take instruction and direction from them as the rider instead of from me. And I honestly think that this is like the most challenging part as, uh, anybody that's dealing with horses is that, um, That place of being somebody that they're willing to take direction and instruction from, it is very hard for me to teach. Like, it's very hard for me to communicate to somebody, hey, like your horse doesn't have trust and confidence in the decisions that you're making. And I can also often pick the type of person. That the horse is not going to take instruction from. Quite often, um, you know, they're riding the horse for their own goals and for their own um, things that they want to achieve with the horse, and they're not thinking about how the way they're engaging and interacting with the horse is impacting the horse. All they're thinking about are the things that they want to do with the horse, how fast they want to go, how high they want to jump, what they want to achieve personally as our riding skill versus like how they're going to learn to work as a team with the horse in a way that the horse um, sees benefit from the interaction. And what our horses actually need from us, you know, obviously they need a lot from us with regards to care because They aren't able to pay their own adjustment fees and source their own hay. (laughs) But uh, what they need from us, relational, relate, from a relationship point of view, is just that we love them and we're happy with them and that we can enjoy them. They don't need us to, you know, demand respect from them and to prove our, you know, value to them. It is the more challenging the ask, like the more challenging the things are that we are asking of them, is the more that we have to then prove that our instruction is going to be safe to to them. Like their fallout, the outcome, the consequence of what is being asked to them is for their benefit and not to their detriment. So if we're not going to escalate on our own nervous system activation we need to be given the space and the grace and the skills to be able to down regulate our nervous system and the body awareness to be able to down regulate the nervous our nervous system when we are triggered and to find the emotional agility to shift into a more positive experience of our horses holy dooly is that not such a challenging thing and yet we're asking it of our horses all the time i expect you to not be reactive to who i am and what i'm bringing to this training session i expect you to just do as you're told when you become aware of what is required of your horse to be able to do that and how difficult it is for us, you can really have some empathy for how our horses are experiencing this. Uh, Second to that, if we want our horses to be responsive in an enthusiastic, willing, calm mannerism and not reactive to what we're asking them to do, then we need to give them the space to process their initial nervous system, reaction to us and then the skills to shift out of it if it wasn't a oh yes girlfriend I want to do that (laughs) if it was a hell no girlfriend I'm not participating (laughs) we need to give them the skills to negotiate their way out of it to shift them into a yes so what are those negotiation skills going to look like you know how are you going to show reciprocity what does a fair exchange look like with it with your horse and that's the kind of things that we cover in our holistic horse handling program so that's it for me for today hopefully i didn't blow your brains too much (laughs) until next time happy trails if you're loving what you're learning in the podcast you've got to come check out the arena classroom The Arena Classroom is our community for all things training for connection, where we delve into exercises to build our horses' trainability, process emotion, and build emotional resilience. It's where you can get individual help applying our tools like consent, communication, confidence through curiosity, connection, and so much more. It's where you learn a level of communication and connection that will blow your mind and other trainers will tell you it's not possible. It is a safe community where you can learn training tools not shared on the podcast that will open up that connection and will further build your confidence in you and your horse's potential so that you can stop doubting that you're good enough for your horse and questioning if you're doing the right thing. It's where you can come hang out and connect with other first do no harm trainers just like you and me. It's my favorite place on earth and it will revolutionize what you believe to be possible with your horse. I guarantee it. Come join us at www.equestriamovement.com forward slash the arena classroom.